Steel Curtain Network. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the week that was when it comes to your Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steel Curtain Network's Dave Schofield, and uh, yeah, I'm by myself. It's just me. It's just me this week. One Brian Anthony Davis, he was out on assignment, not assignment from from Steel Curtain Network. He was out on assignment with his uh, BSA, not that he's in the woods this weekend. He's actually had a little bit of a decent trip to to attend a ceremony today. So he was going to be getting back late on Saturday. And I'm like, Brian, you're going to be tired. I got you this week. This is what we're here for. So this, honestly, I'm going to tell you, I've done this in the past, but it's been just me. It's like that last class in the afternoon on Wednesday in the fall, right before Thanksgiving, when when campus is shutting down, going back to the college days, and 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 the professors of the class says, "All right, let, let's just get to what we have to get done. We'll get you out of here early this week." I want to get you out of here early this week. Do you know why? This is nothing more than the calm before the storm, because the storm occurs this coming week when the Pittsburgh Steelers report to training camp. At St. Vincent College on Wednesday, first practice on Thursday, first padded practice, I do believe, is the following Tuesday. They have four practices but in the ramp-up period, uh, which with me, that's me doing air quotes in an audio show, which is brilliant, by the way, and <laughs> that, that they'll have four practices before they, they do pads off. I think four practices a day off, and then they'll come in in pads. We're right there. We are right there. But before we do that, before we can talk about the week that will be, we got to talk about the week that was. So there's there's not a lot of going on with the week that was. There was enough going on about the week that was. So we're going to dive in. Just me. You know, I'm I'm ready for this. I'm feeling good. I feel good. I feel so good at dancing. Yes, I do. So that's what's going to happen. And let's go with Sunday. Sunday wasn't a lot going on. Actually, what happened with Sunday, more than anything, if you're someone who isn't a uh, a night owl, if you're more of an early riser, you m- might have seen this actually on Saturday night. But we hadn't covered it, so I'm, I'm going to say, because honestly, I saw it on Sunday. And that was the results and everything from the Three Rivers Celebrity Softball game. They're hosted by Cam Hayward, Benefit the Hayward House, just one of those things they do. And who was the MVP of that game? One, Kenneth Shane Pickett. Now, uh, the reports were, I didn't get this confirmed, but according for, to one Jefferson Hartman, that the home run, I, I think it was Jeff that said this, but the, they did a home run derby, and I think Pat Furmuth might have won that. That, that might have been the case. I don't know if that was Jeff. I don't know if I heard that uh, on, an, on another podcast this week. I, I, I might be citing Jeff, and that's not even the right person. I, I don't even know. But but that, that was a report that was floating out there. But bottom line is, good news. You know, Kenny Pickett coming through, making plays. You don't hear about anyone getting hurt, things like that. And they can go out there and support a good cause. That was pretty much the only news from Sunday. So I will say that I'm I'm expecting the home run derby to happen at training camp again. That's something that they would do at St. Vincent when they when they would go away for training camp. You know, missed that in 2020 and 2021. 
but it was usually Ben Roethlisberger winning, except for the one year that it was Colin Holba. That's right. I just was able to bring up a Colin Holba reference. But that was it for Sunday. Monday is when you started to get into some more news. Get in a little bit of news. A lot of the news this week, not, not all of it, because you'll trust me, the Steelers had some pretty nice news of their own this week. But the rest of the news was about other things that were indirectly involved with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Prime example, Monday, DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Tennessee Titans. Now, why is that indirectly with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because the Steelers face the Tennessee Titans this year. They face them. Uh, I got to remember what week it is. I know it's on. It's a Thursday. It's in November. And I can tell you that the week is going to be week nine. I, I, November 2nd, to be precise, is when they face the Tennessee Titans. So now the Titans still don't have much of an offensive line. I There was even some reports later in the week. I didn't even have this on here. They're kicking the tires on some other tackles, one of which uh, was uh, former Steelers Chris Hubbard uh, was visiting Tennessee because they need some help with the offensive line. But what they do? They went out and they paid another receiver to, to hopefully help out with things there. So that was some news on Monday. If anyone thought that the Steelers were in on DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think that was the case. I really don't. But uh, finding out where he landed, and honestly, I'd much rather see Hopkins land somewhere that's of a team that's on the Steelers' schedule just one time. He, he can stay away from the from the AFC North. Honestly, I don't. Man, if you're a receiver, or something like that, you look at AFC North right now, the AFC North football. You might not want to be involved with that because really, just about any team can beat any team in the North, and you know that because all four teams went three and three in the division last year, and every single one of them split with each other. So that's the kind of competition you have in the AFC North. So you know, maybe some people don't want that, but I'm. The biggest thing was, I'm sure it's the you know Tennessee Titans offered him the 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 best money that they could. So that you know that's just that. If you think that it really comes down to anything more than the money, you are, with all due respect, dumb. Yeah, it, honestly, it you want to find the right fit. Yeah, and the right fit is what's right for probably the bank account a lot of the time. So yeah, it, it, it really does come down to the money. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't going to go play anywhere for free, but there was more, more on Monday. Monday was when the, the, the Snapchat or whatever was put out there from former Steeler Le'Veon Bell apologizing to Steelers nation, of course, then wanting their support with stuff, I guess with his boxing or rap career, or something else. So it wasn't completely unsolicited, but it was that uh, had some regrets with how everything went out with, with the Steelers. Did he have to say it? No, he didn't. Did he, was he trying to get some more fans for some other things? Sure. There's nothing wrong with trying to mend fences, even if he has some, some other motives as well. He still didn't have to say it. Honestly, Le'Veon Bell probably could have gotten more publicity by doubling down and being, nah, man, I'd do it all over again. I'd do it all over again. Forget you, Steelers Nation. If he'd have done that and turned full heel, he probably would have been in the news cycle even longer. But he he did what he did by saying, say sorry about that 2018 season where I sat out. I'll be honest with you. To me, the mistake Le'Veon Bell made wasn't 2018. It was in 2017 when he did not 
sign the deal the Steelers gave him there. That would have been the place to sign it. In my opinion, looking back on on the numbers from what I can recall, I kind of was glad the Steelers – he didn't sign the Steelers deal because I thought it was too much to pay for a running back because I know that's in the news now. A lot of stuff going on with running backs that – that with them and their pay and everything else. And I get their frustration, but at the same time, it's kind of like one of those deals. When you go to school, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back to college again. You go to college, you pick a major, you get your degree. And there's a bunch of people out there that can do what you do as well. That makes it hard to shop your services to where you can get the biggest salary and best situation for yourself. If you're someone who has something that's very specialized otherwise, it's a whole different story. For myself, my degree is in physics and mathematics, and I also got an uh, an education certificate. To be a physics teacher, man, I had a choice of wherever I wanted to go because they're hard to find. But with other jobs, that's not always the case. And unfortunately, that's kind of how it is with running back. The best of the best are really there. But the guys that are just guys aren't drafted, still coming in, can can have 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, like, like we talked about on another podcast earlier this week. Yeah, that that makes it really difficult. So I feel I feel for those running backs, especially when their shelf life is small. Because when you have an elite running back like that, you want to use them as much as you can, and you know that they're going to miss time and, and miss stuff due to injury, uh, eventually. So you want to use them as much as you can for as long as they they still have it going on. What's the answer? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know that anyone really knows. I I do know that there's performance-based pay uh, in the NFL with with players that mainly players are on rookie contracts or 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 vet minimum deals that they that they would get more money based on the number of snaps that they played and everything. Maybe they need something like that that's specific just for running backs. That they're saying, hey, if running backs are getting the wear and tear, maybe we can have something that that that. It's not on the salary cap. It's kind of a performance-based thing. And do one special just for running backs. I don't know that the union or anyone would, would argue against that. But kind of got off the rails there a little bit. But Le'Veon Bell apologized. I know some people put it back out there that maybe maybe Steelers fans should, should be apologizing to Le'Veon Bell. You know what? Unless you're one of those fans that took it way too far, then you probably don't need to. And there's I don't know that there was a lot of fans that took it way too far. I mean, I'm not – I mean, what? They want to apologize for buying his jersey, for for cheering for him, for for believing his teammates when they said, "Hey, don't worry, he's coming," and he didn't. Steelers fans don't need to apologize for that. They don't. They don't. Now, if you're if you're someone who you know took it too far, you know, kind of like you know Kevin Dotson dealt with that, and and some other players, you know, at at, at times. If you take it too far, that's a whole different story. I'm just talking about. Where most Steeler fans lie. Now, there's 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 really no no reason to do that, um, but you can forgive and move on. That's probably the best bet. Speaking of moving on, let's continue to move on with Monday, which seemed to be a pretty big day. Uh, that was the that was also when the 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 podcast and, and quotes were coming out about Cam Hayward and the quote. People wanted to to to, to type the quote, but if you didn't hear it, you missed the context. 
of where, where Cam Hay- or Cam Hayward asking Kenny Pickett said Matt Canada isn't going to open up the playbook. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, it was a it was a loaded with sarcasm question. It was one of those things of, hey, I'm going to take stuff that people were saying that we all know inside the locker room that is a joke, and let's turn it into a joke. So that was funny. If you didn't check that out, um, that that was a video. We, we have that at steelcritnetwork.com. There was a, an article I did earlier in the week about, um, about, about Matt Canada. You can go look for it there. The video is in there. I got one other one because this is from – from from Monday because this one's kind of interesting. This is from from um, Warren Sharp that likes to put out various different stats and rankings and everything. Here was one that went out on Monday, and it was losing seasons in the last ten years. There are two teams with no losing seasons in the last ten years. Steelers fans know they're in that category. Haven't had one under Mike Tomlin. Yeah, but so zero. It's them and the Kansas City Chiefs. Then you got Seattle with just one. You've got New England, Baltimore, and Dallas with two. Buffalo, Philly, Green Bay, and Indy with three. So that's that end of the spectrum. Then you look at the other end of the spectrum. You got Cleveland with nine. Nine out of the last ten seasons. Yikes. You got the Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars all with eight. And then with seven, you've got Tampa, Washington, Las Vegas, Carolina, Atlanta. Yeah, Tampa's in there. Tampa's in there. I mean, you you, you look at some of these teams that have won – won the Super Bowl in the last 10 years. The Rams were have five out of the last 10. So those are some teams that really went went big, won their Super Bowl, and yeah, that, that was it. So I just thought that was some pretty interesting stats. So with that said, we'll go ahead and take a break, and we're going to roll through the rest of this week really quick. So if you're with us here on the audio side, we've had some problems with this that uh, actually being able to to have ad placements in there. So maybe you'll hear something, maybe it won't, but stick around. I'll be right back. All right, Steelers fans, here we go. Let's roll on with the week that was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's some more news that doesn't have anything to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but maybe it does. Maybe it does. Tuesday, Cleveland Browns. Made an announcement about they're wearing their 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 white alternate helmet and throwback white jerseys. They're wearing them in week two against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. Then they're going to wear them in week six and week 17. Now, yes, you hear the Steelers in there because of week two. My question is this. Monday Night Football, they're going to wear all white. Steelers going to go all black. This could be a tip-off to maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see the color rush uniforms very early. Maybe we'll see them in week two when they go against Cleveland on Monday night. I think that would be a whole lot of fun to see that contrast out there. That was Tuesday. Wednesday. No, wait, I got one more from Tuesday. I'm sorry. I I, I thought that was all from Tuesday, but I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, and and this is because it's, a, it's more stats for Warren Sharp, and that's why I almost missed it. This was talking about how many times – a team has placed fourth place in their division. That would be last because it was since 2010. There's been, there's since 2010, every division's had four teams. So how many fourth place finishes have happened in 2010? Pittsburgh, New England, Green Bay, and New Orleans, zero. None of those teams have, have landed last in their division in a season. Uh, Baltimore, Seattle, Dallas, and Indy each only had one. 
and then Atlanta, Miami, and Kansas City too. Kind of surprised about Atlanta there. So they they don't fall all the way down. You look at the other other end of the spectrum: Cleveland eight, Jets and Buccaneers seven, Jaguars and Commanders six. So just some interesting stats to put out there. I guess since I'm all by myself here, I can get all nerdy and throw stats your way. But uh, so that was that was Tuesday. That's really all that was going on. Because Wednesday was the big one. Wednesday was the big one. Got the, one of the big pieces of news the Pittsburgh Steelers fans have been waiting for, and that was not a Joy Porter Jr. signing. That's coming soon. That'll happen. Don't don't. I'm still not worried about it. And we're days away from camp. I'm still not worried about it yet. And there's a little bit more to that coming up. But the Pittsburgh Steelers signed Alex Highsmith to either a four-year extension or a new five-year deal. It all depends on who you talk to, which way they want to spin it. I did an entire article on that. I did my stat geek on that. If you want to hear a lot about the Alex Highsmith stuff, I just recommend going back and checking that out because you don't want to hear my voice repeat myself over and over again. I do that enough anyway. But I'm going to give you more of my feelings about it. When it comes to signing this deal for Alex Highsmith, Steelers fans, I know that sometimes Steelers fans get all grouped together to where it seems like they contradict themselves. I'm not saying individual fans do this, but you can say this about the fan base as a collective because one thing happens and a group of fans will be vocal about it. And then something else happens and a group of fans will be vocal about that. And they're kind of opposite. And here's my example. Four months earlier, when Cam Sutton signed with the, I'm thinking, Detroit Lions. That's where he went. Yep. Cam Sutton signed with the Detroit, Detroit Lions. There was some criticism. Hey, the Steelers have a philosophy of build through the draft, develop your players, and, and, and sign your own. If you're going to let guys walk, what's the point in having that philosophy? Oh, it's so terrible that the Steelers let Cam Sutton walk. Now, things changed a little bit hours later when it was announced about Patrick Peterson. Then it didn't seem so bad. But that was out there. That was out there. But now, oh, what are they doing paying Alex Highsmith? You can't have it both ways. You can't say draft, develop, pay your own. Get upset when they don't pay their own and then get upset when they do. That's why I'm saying it's it's Steelers fans as a collective. I'm not saying it's the same people saying the same things. But it does make you think and wonder really about that. To me, I'm like, hey, take care of someone who's playing well for you. Take take care of your own that are stepping up and doing the job. And I know some people would, would love to say Alex Highsmith, do more in that time. Now, think about it. I, I laid it out in StatGeek. It all depends on if you look at it. The four-year extension was for seventeen million a year. If you look at it as a five as a five-year deal, it's fourteen point just over fourteen point one million a year. So, which one do you do you feel the most, you know, in tune with? Well, of course, Heisman's people are going to say you know seventeen million. Steelers are going to be like it fourteen point one. Remember, either one of those was less than what Bud Dupree played the franchise tag on when he in his last year with the Steelers. When I say last, it might have been right around there. I might be thinking of how much it cost if they do if they gave Dupree the franchise tag a second time, and that's why they weren't going to do it. 
uh, he might have not been quite that much. But I know I know it was more than 14. It just might not have quite been 17 when I when you go back and, and look at that. So think about that. And here we are several years later, you know, a couple years later, and, and you and you think about it, and it's like, okay, you would expect prices to go up, but at the same time. Steelers fans, I have to say, at least me, I'm more happy with Alex Highsmith and what he's done in his time in the NFL. He's come along faster than Bud Dupree as a third-round draft pick. So uh, under the franchise tag, yeah, I, I was off. I was thinking what it would be if they did it again. He was just under $16 million is what Bud Dupree was. So if you're looking at it at the 14.1, it's still less than what they, they, they paid Dupree uh, for that year, just to put it out, and it's definitely um, less. You know, the, Dupree ended up getting, I think, sixteen and a half million with his contract with the with with the Titans is what that ended up being. So sometimes you just gotta put it in perspective a little bit. But to me, congratulations, Alex Highsmith, great job. Go out there, tear it up again on the field. Take the doubt away from the doubters. It's in your hands. All right, moving on with the week on Thursday, it was the 91st, I think, would have been, okay? But it was the the anniversary of really celebrating the birthday of, of Dan Rooney. Daniel M. Rooney, born in 1932, um, celebrated um, the, what would have been his birthday on Thursday. Um, you, you can't be a Steelers fan and be, be around and know any kind of history with this team to know what Dan Rooney was to this franchise. He's the one that helped turn it around back at the beginning and just continued rolling through basically till the end. Uh, we, we miss you. Rest in peace. But happy what would have been birthday, Dan Rooney. So that, that was Thursday. Moving on to Friday. That's when you get some news going on around the NFL because earlier this week, other teams were reporting to training camp. You had some that was just rookies. You had ones that were there early. But then you get some moves going along with these things. And there were some moves going on in the AFC North. First, first there was an announcement that that the Baltimore Ravens signed running back Melvin Gordon for a deal that could be worth up to $3.1 million. You're like, really? Wow, that's surprising. Hmm. Didn't see that one. That seems like a lot to spend on someone that already has some running backs. And then not very long after that, you get some more news. Baltimore put five players on the pup list to start camp. Five. One of which is running back J.K. Dobbins. Fullback Patrick Ricard. Um, cornerback Pepe Williams. Defensive tackle um, Rashad Nichols. And wide receiver Mike Thomas. Then there's also... Uh, did not report they had another wide receiver, and I don't have that here in front of me, and I don't recall who that actually was. <laughs> um, it starts with a B. I remember that. But uh, but who knows? By this time, it might not even be a story. But to hear those kind of things, yes, it's the Baltimore Ravens, and how does that relate to the Steelers? To me, I think of what news are we going to get on Wednesday or Thursday with the Steelers? Are we going to have anyone 
land on the pup list that fans are going to be like, hmm, what's going on here? I know that was a question that Jeff Hartman raised at steelcurtainnetwork.com. So that was Friday. We're going to roll on and finish it up here with Saturday. Couple things that I, I, these are news from around the NFL that to me kind of shows something going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this, this is what we're going to do here to finish this off. So the first one was the news that the Tennessee Titans came to an agreement with their first, I think they only had, I think they had more than one, doesn't matter, with the 33rd overall draft pick in the 2023 NFL draft, Will Levis. All right, that means Levis is under contract. That was the pick directly after Joey Porter Jr. Personally, I thought the biggest thing holding up the, the Joey Porter Jr. deal was, hey, if Levis were to sign, then Porter could go back and say, hey, if he got this much guaranteed, I need a little bit more. This all comes down to the structure of the guaranteed money and the structure of the bonuses. That's pretty much it. Everything else is set. And I understand why Joey Porter Jr. wants all that as much in his favor because on any other year except for, was it 2018, I do believe, um, there's been 32 picks in the first round. And he just so happened to be the 32nd pick and be in the second round. So I still don't think it's going to be a problem. I think with Levis signing, that helps move things along with the Steelers. Hopefully we'll see Joey Porter Jr. under contract and ready to go very soon. And here's one more to finish it out from Saturday. And that was, there's a player that didn't report to camp for the Kansas City Chiefs. Defensive tackle Chris Jones looking for a new deal. He's not holding in. He's holding out. And holdouts are different with the newest CBA because teams can't waive the fines that the players have to have to pay for every day that they miss. It's like $50,000 he's going to lose every day that he's not there. But he's he still thinks that's worth holding out a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if then it was is, was the hold in or whatever. But the reason I'm bringing this up is, as far as I know, the Steelers have taken care of all their business. I mean, the only thing that could even still be out there would be a possible extension for Mike Tomlin. That's not going to hold up anything. So it's kind of makes me say, Omar Khan, nice job. All right, Alex Highsmith, done, took care of it. All right, let's roll into camp, not have these other kind of things be a distraction. Great work there. So when I see that news around the NFL like that, I'm like, yeah, this should be something that the Steelers aren't dealing with. And that is the week that was because this is really the calm before the storm. Things are going to go crazy next week. We'll have a a lot going on when it comes to, to talking about the week. We're really going to have to highlight the big stuff. For the last six weeks, we've been trying to say, oh, man, anything we can get for some of these days, just find something. This week, you know, we'll see what happens on Sunday, Monday, maybe even Tuesday. But by the time Wednesday rolls around, oh, man, this is going to be this is hopefully going to be more of a highlight show. But remember, this is also a show that kind of gets replaced by yours truly when we get into the season instead of talking about the week that was this is the show that would in its place would be last minute thoughts, which is summing up everything rolling into the Steelers game uh, that they'll be having. Not sure how we're going to do that through the preseason because the Steelers don't play on Sundays. 
Um, so we still might have some week week that was there up up until the regular season. But uh, just make sure you're tuning in, subscribing anywhere you get podcasts. Hey, check it, check out the YouTube channel, Steel Curtain Network. Maybe catch a live show there if you don't catch them otherwise. But other than that, just thank you, Steelers Nation. We are here. We are here. This is the week. The week now that is in front of us is training camp. Doesn't matter that they're not in pads. They're there, organized, team activities. I know it's not OTAs, but that's what that stands for. But I mean, they are actually building towards the 2023 season. You have to be under contract to be there. It is where it all really officially gets started. I'm really excited about that. So uh, let's look forward to this one so we can catch again next week. But for now, that was the week that was Black and Gold Style. Curtain Network. Get it.